0: Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 141.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. How are you going today, Kel?
0: Oh, I'm good, thank you. We snuck down to the beach for a swim this afternoon. And I say snuck, I shouldn't say snuck. It's totally legal for us to go to the beach, okay? <laughs> That's good because on our side of
1: the country, it's so not. Yes,
0: I know, I know. In WA, right at this moment, April the 7th, beaches are open. I am quite paranoid about them getting shut actually um, because it looks bad. Like if you're at the beach and you look up the beach, it looks like there's a lot of people and there's a lot of people – you know, posting photos and then I know of like of the East Coast and being judgy about, oh, my God, these people at parks, or these people at beaches. But if you actually go up close, you'll see people are being, you know, they're in their family groups or if it's a friend, like they actually are very, they're socially distanced, they're staying two metres mm. apart. Um But I, f- still I'm very paranoid about the beaches getting closed here because, it's kind of what's keeping us sane um yeah I get the I basically take that we, we only live a K from the beach so we go down every afternoon for like half an hour to an hour and it just is such a needed thing for the kids to get in the water have a bit of a body um a boogie board surf thing um and it just gets them out of the house and then it, it kind of sets us up for our like little evening wind down routine. Um, but today actually it was quite good. The beach, um, the lifeguards were driving up and down the beach going, keep your distance, Da, 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 da. but they also said something that I thought was really good and they said, come down for an hour, have your swim and then go home. And I was like, yes, that, yeah. if people just did that, then it would be fine. So yes, don't go to the beach with a group of your mates for like four hours. That's not cool. And it's going to get us kicked off the beaches. If everyone just goes down and has their swim, but they're only there for an hour, perfect. And then it will just keep the numbers under control. And
1: so. movement seems to be the key. I think if you're yes. walking along the beach or swimming, it's if you're sitting there in big groups yes. of people, that's the problem. So yeah, I think movement and keeping your trips super short. But I'm the same. I like I live in a very, very small town and we have a lot of really beautiful, uh, proper bushwalks, like literally outside our door. Yeah. So I'm going on those, you know, every every day for my 45 minute walk. And I've been really paranoid about sharing them on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I don't <laughs> want people to be like, oh well, Carly's driving off to these like, you know, walks and she doesn't think the rules apply to her. And I'm like, no, they're literally outside my house. It's kind of just like an extension of my backyard. So There's a lot of that stuff happening and yeah, it's like, I. I'm just choosing not to share any of know. stuff know, on. Well, that's
0: it. I haven't said anything um, online about going to the beach at all because, yeah, I too am paranoid about having fingers pointed, but it's very legal right now in WA yeah. and we are doing very much the right thing. It's just us three from our house going down. Um,
1: literally for how so, long the policeman told you to be there for. And
0: literally only for an hour as well. So, like, we literally go for an hour just to clear our heads and get out of the house because we're allowed to and because it's the weather is good. Um but yeah, a few weeks ago, I will say when we first came off school, um, we, we were going down in the afternoon and I swear half the school ended up down there about five o'clock. Um, and so I got really paranoid about that because um, you can't tell kids to stay away from each other when they haven't no. seen their friends. Um, so we started going down a little bit earlier. I feel for my kids because they're missing out on seeing people they know, but I'm like, look, I'm just, i rather so. this than, yeah, than A, us getting kicked off the beach, but two, like coming into contact with people that we, we just don't know where they've been or what they're doing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So making everybody sound like they're infectious. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just so filthy. Walking Petri dishes, which they you know, they're not. Um, things are very under control in, in Perth at the moment. But, um, yes, better safe than sorry. And also, yes, very grateful to common sense. Um, approach of just everyone can go for an hour but then go home so hopefully everyone does that and hopefully i can report back in two weeks ago the beaches are still open <laughs> um yes anyway carl's your recommendation of the week is a tv show called on being a
1: god in central florida and it stars kirsten dunst and it is so so good it is about multi-level marketing schemes and it's just dark and funny and excellent i will admit I was never a huge fan of Kirsten Dunst and I, I can't really put my finger on why. And I it wasn't, it wasn't like I hated her, but I wouldn't kind of be yay. Kirsten Dunst is in this. Uh, but she really turned me around when she was in um, Fargo with, um, oh, this is going to sound so mean. Her husband, <laughs> he looks like a fat Matt Damon. So I call him fat Damon. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> His name? Is, no, no. Everyone calls him that. It's a no. It's, he actually does. He looked, That's what. I'm, like that's uh, that's a horrible thing to say. I'm sorry, but that's that is what he looks like. What's his name? Jesse Jesse Plemons. He's fantastic. He was in. Um, he was in Breaking Bad. Sorry, that's just what I prefer. as <laughs> so that I can get people to know who. Well, I'm who was about. he
0: in, in Breaking Bad? I did. I do not know who this person is, but if he was a Breaking Bad, I have seen Breaking Bad. He's was- he's only in towards the last few seasons, uh. and he's the
1: young guy that's a real loose cannon. Oh, okay. I haven't yet. Yeah, he, he was, I know he was I Landry in Friday Night Lights.
0: Oh, I haven't seen Friday Night Lights. Can someone please tell me where I can watch that in Australia? Is it Stan? It's, Is it? I can't remember. Some, it was like, on some. Not on Netflix? No, I don't it's think not. it's on Stan. Um, tell me where I can find it. It's cause a I really to re- watch. It's a it.
1: really good watch. Do you want to know who was completely obsessed with it? Nikki from Styling You.
0: Oh, her and her husband were just
1: like next level obsessed with it. You would love it. It's really good. Um yeah. anyway, so Kirsten does, she totally won me over in Fargo because she was opposite her husband, Jesse Clemens. Uh, and they're they're married now. But she, everything that she does is fantastic at the moment, and this show is just so good and so weird and so funny. And also I'm on a real MLM kick at the moment. <laughs> I was listening to uh The Dream, which is a podcast about mlm and also there's another one called um missing crypto queen that's also about mlm and it's just the, the whole thing is just so fascinating which is so, multi-level marketing sorry yes yeah, um, like you know avon what and, is it
0: avon ladies and uh, we've all done it oh we've doTERRA been there. i think is the latest uh, doTERRA one doTERRA <laughs> is the
1: big one like all the oils um and also like yes, lip, lip scents and nail jams and all of that kind of stuff uh, yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's it's, your recommendation. Yeah, that's my recommendation. Oh, and you can watch it on, for uh, people in Australia, I think it's on either ABC or SBS On Demand, one of them. I can't remember. Oh, it, I thought
0: it was on, on Netflix it. for a while there because um, I remember seeing it and going, oh, I know this oh, show. I've never okay. watched it, but I yeah, know no, it. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. one of the
1: networks has it in Australia at the moment, but Yeah. yeah.
0: Um look, I'm not. This is not really a recommendation, but it's it's probably more of a call for recommendations because everyone knows we've been trying to find a new show that is family friendly. As we have watched Brooklyn Nine Nine at least five times over, and there is nothing like Brooklyn Nine Nine out there. We can't find it. But so anyway, I started watching Glee the other night <laughs> just because I was like. I I went on Netflix and I was looking up PG shows, like what's PG here? Um, And there's hardly any, by the way. Um, Anyway, Glee came up and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Mia likes singing and dancing and maybe she'll get into it with me because then she and I can watch it together. Um, Look, I'm persisting with it, but it's. Have you watched it?
1: I have watched it and I watched it back when it first came out. When it happened. I just out. think
0: back when it first came out, it's it would have been really
1: relevant and probably quite progressive. Aged really badly. There's a <laughs> lot of problematic uh, themes yes. in it. And and they poorly
0: delivered messages. Like yes. really meaning really like m- um, very. Um, well-meaning. Well-meaning is the word I was looking for. Um, but yes, yes. So I'm, I'm having trouble with that. Um, I'm having trouble with a lot of things, but I'm just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't persist. Should I just not persist? And everyone can just come and tell me what I can watch that the kids might also like. Come and do that in the um, Facebook
1: group. Look, as long Save as me from glee. As long as you're prepared <laughs> to explain things as they come up. I think a lot of it would go over. And I have been. A lot of it would go over as head anyway. It's it, It's quite a fun show, um, but I wouldn't keep going it gets weird because Oh,
0: I mean it's weird already and it's only the first season and I can't deal with the wife. You at know, all.
1: you know oh she's horrible. <laughs> you know it's kind of a cursed show, right? Do you know all about the other stuff no. about the show? Oh, uh, okay. So um oh I'm not sure if I should tell you all this.
0: I think I know of one thing. Yeah, let's not go there right now. Okay. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> save that's... me from glee, guys. Save yeah, me from no, glee. Yeah, Give me something else. I have Netflix and I have Stan and I'm willing to, I don't ever watch commercial television, but I can be convinced to if it's like on replay or something. Okay. Okay. Carly, random thing of the week.
1: So this isn't very funny. It's just a random thing that happened and was really annoying. So my phone number got hijacked by hackers last month and they were using my number to call people. And then these people were calling me back. So I was getting like 40 phone calls a day and it started out people just calling me back, going, oh, hi, I just missed your call. And I was like, no, I didn't didn't call you. And they're like, oh, that's weird. And then this happened four or five times. And then it just started happening like 40 times a day. And then I just stopped answering my phone for an entire month because i just get these calls from people going, yeah, hi, it's Sue. I just missed a call from this number. Or, you know, hi, it's Derek from, I don't know, Big Rock Removalists. (laughs) And, I, you know, I missed your phone call. And and then, you know, and then I started getting really abusive ones because clearly I was calling people several times. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. So I got one from... I got this voicemail from this one guy that was going, what do you want, you idiot? And I was going, oh, man, uh, it's not me. What do you do? Well, like- I, I had to call Telstra and then they put my number on like a, a watch list and then they kept an eye on it. And then it went away for a week and then it came back for a couple of days and then it went away for two weeks and then it came back for a couple of days. But I'm pleased to say I haven't had a barrage of weird calls in a couple of days, which is really good. But it was so weird and I couldn't. I couldn't do anything about it. Oh, I just had to wait I it just, out.
0: I can't even stand like seeing a number come up and it's Same. like, you know, Germany and you're like, well, I don't know about any of Germany. And I, do you know what I do now? I just pick it up. And this is obviously the opposite of whatever's happening to you. But, yeah, I just can't even stand that much less the thought that, Yeah, that my number has been used to call other people and they're calling me back. That's the worst. Yeah, it
1: was horrifying. So, yeah, that was just my really weird random thing and just stuck in this loop of getting 40 calls a day and just thinking how 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 do I end this? I've had the same phone number for like 20 years and I'm like I don't want to change my phone number. Like what if that guy from the club that I met when I was 19 actually (laughs) calls me? That's just going to be awkward. So, yeah, that was my random thing of the week. Um, Let's move on to the topic of the week. So the topic for this week is can you go against type? So Kelly and I really like Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies and we – Reference them a lot. Um, we both identify quite strongly as upholders and a lot of the conversations that we have in the Facebook group are around Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies because they, you know, help you understand how you respond to motivation and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of our listeners do really attach themselves to a particular tendency. And we have a lot of people asking if you can actually go against your type. Because I think sometimes people will do their tendency thing and they'll go, oh, I'm a questioner. Well, I might not be a questioner. You don't know, which was a very question. <laughs> to to uh, or they will be an obliger and some obligers go, oh, I'm absolutely an obliger. Like I really enjoy pleasing people. And other people will get the result of an obliger and think, oh, actually, I'm not really very happy being an obliger. Um, it's the same with rebels. Like a lot of rebels go, yeah, I'm a rebel and really, you know, fist bump and love being a rebel. And other rebels are kind of going, well, what does that even mean for me? Because, and don't categorize me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the the, the the question in this episode is can you go against type? Uh, I'll start with a few thoughts that I've had about it. And, look, I think the jury is out on this, but here are some facts and I will, I've got some links here that I will uh, – get Kelly to pop into the show notes. I always say that and I don't do the show notes. So i yeah, I'm sure Kelly will figure that out. Um, so, uh, personality is not necessarily innate. So there was a major study and it was one of the only ones of its kind that was conducted in the eighties that was able to prove that personality traits are actually inherited. So, uh, it was proven with twins who were raised apart. Um, and twins like this are used frequently in studies, which, isn't a great test group of people because they're twins, obviously, so they're different to singletons. Uh, but most of the population of the world aren't twins. Um, and also the research was done over 30 years ago, and so it hasn't been wildly contested. So, yes, there are impulses and natural tendencies that we are born with. So, you know, I have a one-year-old and she has some personality traits that I can only assume she was born with, but it doesn't mean that they are set in stone. Another thing we need to consider is that per- personality personality tests are made up this doesn't mean they are kelly kelly yes no 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 i know they are they
0: totally are made up i I thought you were laughing at me disagreeing and i'm like kelly Um, laughing at myself for loving them so much knowing full (laughs) well that they're made up is what i'm doing So this doesn't mean that they're bad, quite the
1: contrary, but they're not based on scientific research or fact. So take, for example, Gretchen Rubin's tendencies. I'm not hugely into personality testing. What's my Myers-Briggs? I always forget it.
0: Oh, E -S 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 S. TJ. Yeah, I'm
1: that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I don't even really remember it. Um, but I love Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, mainly because they do no harm, but also because they help people get over whatever blocks it is that they invent to stop themselves from doing things, which is excellent. However, the fact remains that they are made up. So,
0: and yeah, they're made up based on her observations exactly. and her research, but they are still made up by Gretchen, you know. Yeah, exactly. So
1: So if you have done a personality quiz like Gretchen's or like somebody else's and gone, oh no, this is what this says about me. You can just choose to back away and make that not even be a thing. You don't have to embrace or take on any of the stuff that other people say, because it is, it's based on research. And I do actually think that that Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies are very accurate a lot of the time and I find them very helpful. Um, But if you did the test and found out you were a rebel and want to stick your finger up at Gretchen Rubin and run away, dude, go for it. It's, you know, (laughs) none of this is compulsory. Uh, also another thing we need to remember is that personality tests are flawed because you always take them yourself and you can skew the results. So it's (laughs) like taking a Hogwarts quiz and picking all the Gryffindor results because that's what you (laughs) want to be. So uh, no matter how honest you are with yourself, there is often an element of self-preservation in a lot of online quiz results, uh, particularly because you, you do want to protect yourself and there, there is a thing that happens. Um, this is a lot of work that I do in my copywriting people, uh, who are coaches, um, for businesses and coaches for people as well. They create these quizzes because they're really good lead magnets for getting people to join their email (laughs) lists. So these people will write these quizzes and there will just be, there's usually just like one result that's fantastic and then the rest of them are just a little bit shitter as they go down <laughs> and everyone is just aiming for the top one so and and again it's all made up by people who are less intelligent than Gretchen Rubin so just be very very careful about any type of personality tests that you take um so those are just a few facts about personality quizzes in general for me personally i think you can go against type so, for example, I'm not a natural exerciser. I was a classic PE avoider in high school, and I quit dancing when I was 12 because it was on the same time as Home and Away, and I was sick of missing it. <laughs> uh, so, and if my friends on a weekend suggested a bike ride, I'd be like, "Nah, why don't we do craft in front of the TV instead?" So, I have, I had a natural tendency to sit very still and do quiet activities. But slowly over the years and years and years, I have become an active person. So I move every single day. I've been to a gym class of some description three to five times a week for the last 18 years. So what does that mean? Am I innately an exerciser now? I barely even think about it. It's just who I am. But when I was a kid, it was something I actively avoided. So I think that understanding your base tendencies is really good, but I don't think you should rely on them all Or wear them as an excuse for things that you don't do.
0: Yes, I agree with everything you just said. So, yes, Yes. everyone everyone knows that no one loves a personality test more than me. Um, Because I'm the personality type that loves doing personality tests, right? Um, Sorry, jokes. but. You know, ultimately, I do really like understanding myself. Um, And the thing is, with all the tests, there is enough truth in them all to give the impression of better understanding yourself. And I will admit to slavishly applying the results of personality tests to both myself and others in the past. Absolutely, I do that too. (laughs) (laughs) But I um, am a more considered and mature person. In 2020, <laughs> and um, so yeah, where I've landed today is is somewhere much the same as you, Carl's. Um, and I kind of feel we've got two levels of things that we're working with here. Like I, there are some things I think of that are very hardwired into us, and then there are things that are more tendencies. So as an example, like I am a highly driven person, and and this is this is just who I am. I. have always been like this right from a young age. Um, And I would really struggle to turn that off if I didn't like it or if it wasn't serving me well. Um, Same with my introversion. Um, And I mean, I'm using words like hardwired and introversion and their labels. And I know a lot of people hate labels, but let's just look at them as descriptions um, for something that we are. Um, So I am an introvert, which means... To me, it means different things to different people, but to me it means I get energy for being by myself. Like I'm literally someone who is I'm off my face on energy if I can be by myself for nine hours in a day. Like I remember I had a period there where by some kind of glitch in the um you know in the simulation, like I got nine hours a day to myself way maybe five five years ago where Aunt would take Jaden and me are off to daycare at like I don't know seven in the morning, and then they wouldn't arrive home until five. Mm, that would be nice so, Oh my god! And then so when they got home. I would just be like, hello, and how are you? And not because I hadn't seen people all day, but because I had just been so topped up by all this alone time. So I'm an introvert. That's just who I am. Um, Can I
1: just interject for one second here? So you're talking about you being a driven person and also being an introvert. I'm noticing that those two things, they're not necessarily negative. So, for instance, you, like, that. there's nothing about, being a driven person that you would want to turn off because it serves you. And with introversion and extroversion, I actually don't think that one of those is better than the other. They're just kind of factual. So like, yeah,
0: with introversion though, I spent most of my life till about for probably about 32, trying to turn that off. I I hated that aspect of myself. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. I fought that for 30 years. I tried to Oh, yeah, see, I think like introversion has
1: peaked in the last couple of years, and so it's kind of trendy. So I think yeah. I've got a, like an extrovert. I'm looking at it from extroverts' eyes. Yeah, like now with with social isolation, there's all of these memes coming out about extroverted people <laughs> and getting introverts to check on your extrovert friends because we're not okay. and I just feel seen for the first time in years, guys. like really. <laughs>
0: No, well, yeah, I mean, Susan Cain did make introversion cool, but for the better part of my life, I fought my introversion. I really, I tried to be everything that, you know, the opposite of all those things. I tried to go out and I didn't like going to parties. I didn't like going to pubs. I didn't like being around a lot of people for long periods um I don't even like being with my best friends for long periods like even you I could be with my best friends and and I think I've mentioned this on a show before like one of my friends has said to me she's like you know you'll be out with us and it'll be all your best friends in the world and you'll be having a great time and then at some point in the evening like you just run out and you are (laughs) done (laughs) and and at that's the point where you kind of kind of if you can ghost out you will do it <laughs> um, or you just go into yourself and that and that's the point I know where you've run out of energy Kelly. Um, so I fought that for well over 30 years and the, so what I'm saying is like these things like that are very hardwired into us and even being highly driven is not necessarily a good thing. I know a lot of I know for myself, I had to, tone down or just find a way to work with that drive because it's great for achieving things but it's not great for mental health being, <laughs> anxiety well, yeah, it's not <laughs> totally terrible for mental health totally terrible for good for family relations and you know partner relations when you're so driven to your goals that you know everything else falls by the wayside so both those things <clears throat> I couldn't turn them off if I tried and I did try with my introversion. God, I tried so hard. But with my introversion, once I started working with it, so instead of it becoming something that I hated and I just wanted and it was a character flaw that I needed to eradicate, as soon as I stopped thinking about it like that, and thank you, Susan Kane, for making me feel like this is it's not a character flaw. It just is. It's just who I am and I need to accept it. And as soon as I did that and I started working with it instead of against it, like now, like there's so many people who go, what? You're an introvert? I can't believe you're an introvert. Um, And it's just because I've, you know, I've learned to work with it, Um, with my shyness, which again is not related to introversion, but it's something I am. And it's another thing that I have tried to eradicate and it's been quite crippling Once I stopped trying to eradicate it and I just started working with it, um, again, now it's something that doesn't affect my life as greatly. So I'd actually be hard- curious
1: just on the topic of shyness. I'd be curious if we have any listeners who have tried to overcome shyness and have either succeeded or failed. Cause I think that this is a more, um, interesting way of looking at this because rather than going against type of an arbitrary test that you've taken, that's told you that, you know, you are a questioner or or an upholder or whatever, I think something like shyness absolutely is innate. Um, And, yeah, is is there anything that we can do to stop that? Like I I don't think that anyone can fix being shy any more than I can fix being a loudmouth. So...
0: (laughs) Sorry, you're not a loudmouth. You're awesome. <laughs> Shy people love you. <laughs> because <laughs> they put a all. huge load on you. Is that? <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, it's just so I just feel like with these things that are super hardwired, we, instead of trying to train yourself to go against that trait, learning to work with it and within the restrictions that it imposes on you, you suddenly find yourself becoming a lot more functional. Then you get things that are more tendencies than hardwired. So I have a tendency, believe it or not, to be quite lazy. Um, And nobody would believe that of me. Um, Also, with exercise, like I have actually been an exerciser my whole life, but I have never in my entire life gone woohoo let's go exercise now let's put on your running shoes and get out the door I can't (laughs) wait to do this this is going to be amazing like it just I've never in my whole life I've been exercising since my teens you know so but I just you know I do have I know that I have a tendency towards laziness and I know I have a tendency towards loopholes and being able to talk myself out of something as in if if I wanted to talk myself out of going for a run, I could I could justify it so easily. I went for a run yesterday or I hardly ate anything for breakfast this morning or there's just a million ways I can talk myself out of going for a run and I know that um, of myself. So I just don't allow myself to do it and that's why I've built so many solid routines around um, work and exercise because they're really important to me, but I do have this inherent tendency towards not doing things. So the tendencies I feel we Actually, sorry,
1: Kel, that's another really good question. Are there any exercises in the group who do go, woohoo, yay, I get to exercise (laughs) now? I think these are really important questions to ask people just because we are actually- Quite similar. Um, so, yeah, I would be interested to see if there's anyone out there and whether or not they've always been exercisers or have become exercisers and go, woohoo, yay, I get to run very fast and get sweaty and gross now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the whole thing about people thinking you're highly disciplined because you show up and you do the same thing every day, day in, day out. And it's like, I am not highly disciplined. Therefore, I have built really strong routines around being able to do these things because they're important to me. Um, so yeah, it's you know a long way of saying, I, I think it's really important to know yourself and have an understanding of what things are deeply wired and what things are more tendencies and then resolve to work with the things that are wired because we have a limited num- amount of energy to spend. So I spent 30 years investing energy in trying to not be an introvert and trying to be an extrovert or what I thought an extrovert was. And it was free exhausting and also just got me nowhere. It, 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 I did not turn into an extrovert. Um, I did not turn into someone who loved going to parties or loved being around other people and drew energy from other people. Like it, it just didn't happen. So once I started conserving my energy and working with my introversion, that freed up energy for other things. So I think, yeah, it's all energy management. Spend your energy wisely. Understand what things are super hardwired work with those maybe you have to um speak with a psychologist about because I think it's the communication thing as well so I'm highly driven um I've got a friend also who he's very highly driven and he has to in the end he and his wife have made peace with the fact that his drive means that she's kind of always going to miss out on stuff wow um you know and but she's like I could ask him to not do these things that take time away from us being able to spend time together, but then he wouldn't be him. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the things that are really hardwiring into us, if we're just really open in our communication with the people that we love and if, and I think that that's what the, the greatest thing about Ant was with me is that, you know, my drive meant he missed out a lot and he never tried to change that in me because I guess it was, you know, it was part of me and he loved me. And it was just that unconditional, beautiful, unconditional love that I had from him. So I think, you know, we we don't want to facilitate people being assholes and sometimes I was a bit of an asshole <laughs> and I needed to be pulled into line and I think he was quite good at finding the line between this is Kelly being Kelly, and I've married her, and I love her for no matter what. <laughs> and oh no, 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 Kelly's crossed a little bit of a line here, and just needs to be told. <laughs> Come yeah. on, you know. So it's a fine balance. Um, yeah, it's yeah. actually it's the same with Ben, like because he's
1: not a very social person, and yeah. it's he never has been. And I socialise on my own kind of most of the time, mainly because you know he works and he has people that he needs to have meetings with at midnight and that kind of thing. And yeah, socializing has just never really been his thing. Like I've got friends that, you know, I've been with Ben for 14 years now and I've got really close friends that have met him like four times. (laughs) And I mean, it it used to bother me like way back when we first started dating, but then I was like, well, you know, I really love him and he's the one I want to be with. And do I want some, you know, guy who's just fantastic at barbecues and, you know, holds the room and you know comes and hangs out with my friends all the time or do I want a lovely person who I get to spend all the rest of my time with so yeah,
0: yeah. and I guess it, it comes down to everybody about what's a deal breaker for you and what's not and I always think that that's what makes us choose our partners in the end is that something that would be a complete deal breaker with anybody else is not a deal breaker mm. for us and and vice versa um and I do, I've got one other kind of example of something that's deeply wired into me um so, and this is not something that I was born with um, but it's something that came from a childhood of growing up like, you know, with parents who were always very stressed and fighting about money. So I, it developed in me a real fear of financial scarcity mm-hmm. and I have never been able to shake that despite being quite financially secure for probably the last 15, maybe even 20 years of my life. Um, but it's still a massive thing for me Um and I've spoken with my psych about this and in the end we kind of figured out it's actually takes less energy for me to just work more to make sure that yeah. there's no financial scarcity than it is to deal with en- it. Yeah, then the, it takes a lot more energy for me to just be good with the financial uncertainty and, you know, all of that um, than it is for me to just work more to eliminate any chance of financial uncertainty. So, again, you know, it's just I just feel we all have limited energy to expand and we just if once we get smart about where we spend our energy life just gets a little bit easier so it's I feel like a little bit tangential there but when you you know when trying to decide whether you want to fight something that's quite innate to you or that is a tendency or something that's hardwired make that energy judgment and just go look is it worth fighting this or do I just need a way I do I just need to find a way to live with it in a way that allows me to be sustainable yeah Yeah, sustainable is a great word. So, yes. So that kind
1: of concludes our conversation for this episode. We're going to move on to kicked our ass. So the thing that's kicking my ass at the moment is just not being able to see family. That's the biggest Uh. problem I'm having with isolation. I, with all respect to the hospitality industry and the arts community and music communities and everyone who are – customer-facing, who have customer-facing jobs and have lost them, I'm not mourning the loss of those things. I'm devastated for those people that have lost their income. And I really, really want, uh, particularly my beautiful town- to get back on its feet as soon as humanly possible. But personally, I can actually go quite a long time not doing any of those things in order to keep our country safe. The one thing I'm really struggling with is not seeing families. So we have um, both sets of our grandparents are in Canberra and neither of them, like, you know, we're obviously not allowed to visit or see them. Even yeah. if we lived in the same city, we were not allowed to see them, um, particularly because, you know, I have a one-year-old and she doesn't understand social distancing. So yeah. having her grandparents here and her not being able to hug them She just wouldn't understand. So it's not really worth doing it. But it really, really sucks because my parents were kind of due a visit right before we went into isolation. So, and also not knowing is really hard. So I don't know if it's going to be three months or six months or a year or 18 months. I don't know. Everyone's like throwing around these different figures. And she's just like, Harriet is at just such a gorgeous age at the moment. And I'm FaceTiming my parents constantly. So they're not really missing that much and I'm so grateful that we have that option but I'm just really hoping that if well eventually when they start relaxing restrictions that the first thing that they let people do is visit their grandparents
0: see their family yeah, yeah. that's it we're lucky here at the moment in Perth we are still allowed to see oh, our family um, and so I kept like I kind of made mum and dad uh, stay at home for two weeks I, and then we stay, obviously stayed at home for two weeks and didn't see anyone and then now that that two weeks is over and we're all very well and nobody has developed symptoms of anything, like my parents are over tonight. And God, like I've they, they have been coming every Tuesday night since last year mm. and I've really missed having them here. And this morning Mia kind of like just coughed a couple of times <laughs> and I was like, oh, don't do that because I'll let their granny and grandpa won't be able to come over this afternoon. And, oh, my God, Jaden just went to pieces oh, God. when he heard that. So you just, you just don't realise how much, you know, you think you, it's just you missing them but yeah. the kids are probably missing them too and, um, yeah, That's really, I'm grateful. It's
1: really comforting actually knowing that in Western Australia you're still allowed to do that because your rate of infection is lower than ours, which is a really good sign that once we lower our infection rate here I like I'm making this up so do not quote me on this (laughs) but it's my hope my absolute hope that the very first restriction that they lift is being able to go and stay with family
0: yeah well that's it well our borders are totally closed so I feel very bad that for anybody who has family in other states absolutely that's a that's the one that so we don't know when the borders are going to open again and that so there's lots of people in that situation I feel really
1: Yeah. Well, I'm very lucky because our borders, uh, Victoria and New South Wales aren't closed and all grandparents are in the ACT. So if they do lift seeing family restrictions, the borders won't stop us because there's, because we live, um, there's Albury Wodonga, which is on the border of Victoria and um, New South Wales. And they they can't close that border because it's just too hard. Like you just, there's
0: basically, it's basically one town. Yeah. Exactly. So that's actually (laughs)
1: protecting us. So if they lift, family restrictions before they lift border restrictions, then hopefully, very selfishly, I will be able to see my parents. Oh,
0: I know. And that's it. And, again, it just gives you deep, deep gratitude for the ready access. But then
1: I get a bit grumpy about that because, like, I've never taken my family for granted. I, yeah, I like, if you listen back to episodes of this, I love spending time with my family and I love having them here. So I kind of feel like I didn't need to learn this lesson coronavirus. I I already (laughs) loved them far. That's
0: it. I was really grateful. I I was. I didn't need the perspective. (laughs) (laughs) I already knew Um, it was great. (laughs) <laughs> um so my kids are asked is um yes speaking more of speaking of working more to ensure financial certainty um i am very under the pump at the moment with work i i'm working on four books writing two and editing two and look i am very very thrilled from a financial certainty perspective to be, have that work um but yes hitting the deadlines of those books and then doing what needs to be done while two kids are home with me 24/7 It's very difficult, but... I am embracing the difficulty because the alternative is not attractive to me at all. So, Absolutely. yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I completely agree with that. Um, my kick to ask this week is uh, making a headway on business development. So I'm working on some stuff with Crochet Coach and some stuff with Smaggle and I'm getting a lot of clarity, which is really excellent. And, yeah, I'm working on a, a big project, which hopefully I will have a bit more time to um, do because I I thought I was going to lose work for um, yeah. during this. And I I was kind of looking forward to, you know, working on some of my own stuff and I haven't lost any work yet. In fact, I've got more, which – I'm very, very grateful for in the current climate because I know so many people have lost their jobs um, and have lost work. So I'm just clinging to that for as long as I can, and seeing what happens. But yeah, I've I've, I've got a little tiny bit of extra time, and I'm working on some business stuff, which is really nice because I haven't had a chance to do that because you know for the last year, you know, having a
0: kid and baby,
1: <laughs> yeah, just like trying to stay afloat, just doing the bare minimum. There's a, well, there was right before the global pandemic hit, um, I had a little bit more space to do things. But, um, yeah, so that's that's really good, just being able to have the time and a little bit of space to do that.
0: Um, cool, yes. Um, my kicked ass is not really my own kicked ass. It's more of like Australia's kicked ass, and I did mention this in last week's episode, uh, and I hope so hope that this is still true and Same. current um, by the time this episode comes out. But Australia has done so well. In flattening the curve and getting on top of the coronavirus cases. Um, you know, we have our, uh, you know, certainly Perth has its relative isolation to thank for that, but also um, Australia has its relative isolation. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that so we had to Ireland, get here, I think, is yeah. really helping us. Yeah massively so we are uniquely positioned to ride out this crisis in good shape Mm. our government has done a great job um, in you know they were accused of being quite slow at the start I think even if they were they've made up for that now I'm crossing all my fingers that by the time this episode comes off that you know comes out there hasn't been like some crazy community transmission going nuts our community transmission at the moment seems very very low and even though it will have been in the community for a little while. Like we don't have tons of people suddenly presenting themselves for tests and going, I'm sick. So crossing fingers that it stays like this. Well done, Australia. I'm so proud of you. I was so stressed watching that graph <laughs> rising every week. I know, so. and I, um, I'm kind of a bit on just like this massive high this week because it it's really, really flattened off and it looks like that trend is going to continue so let's it's continue helping my mental health so much so appreciate you australia legends and um yes hopefully this stays current
1: so that just about wraps up this episode don't forget that we have a patreon page which keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs if you love listening to the show and you wanted to support want to support it, just visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly. You can follow us on Instagram at smaggle and at Kelly Exeter. And we are very, very close to reaching 200 reviews on iTunes. So if you could leave us a review, that would be ace.
0: Awesome. And yes, finally do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. We Want to hear if you have trained yourself to go against type or if there's something that you've been trying to eradicate for ages. And yeah, hopefully, this show has given you a bit of a light bulb moment and you're now resolving to work with it rather than fighting against it. Do let us know. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly. This week's show notes and links will be available at straightandcurly.com.
1: And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com.